Give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and my guest, Davidson, sit down and talk about not a movie, or well, we will talk about movies, but we're not talking about a specific movie that we've seen in theaters this week, as is the normal modus operandi for our show. We're going to be talking about an idea that Danny has that kind of ties into uh, me and Joe's idea of Hot Trash Unlimited, or of Hot Trash Movies. Danny, uh, do you want to inform our wonderful viewers what your thesis statement is for this episode? I'm Danny Vincent. I host two of our podcasts that I'll pimp at the end of this, including one Caleb's on. I actually brought this up on my other podcast initially. Then I was like, I should appear on other people's podcasts to talk about this because this podcast has nothing to do with bad movies inherently. So maybe I should go on podcasts about bad movies or critiquing movies compared to just talking about Marvel TV shows. Uh, should I just talk about where the idea came from first and then like build up to it? Because I feel like the name of it's kind of weird, you know, unless I explain yeah. it. So you do as much explaining as you feel is needed. Okay, so around when the Paddington movies were coming out, typically Paddington Two. I don't know if anyone here is involved with film Twitter or just the general discourse of film criticism because it's not even just a Twitter thing. I saw articles about Paddington Two everywhere, and the big prevailing idea was this new idea called Nice Core. Which is that there? It's basically it's a play off of mumblecore, obviously, but it's like these movies are just so wholesome and sweet, and they just make you feel nice. And obviously, the Paddington movies are a prime example of that. Uh, recently, actually got back in the discussion this past summer when Ted Lasso premiered. Ted Lasso is a very nice core project too. Yeah, genuinely made me want to be a better person when I watched it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's what nice core is. Soon after this discussion, I I think I no I think I rewatch because the Paddington two came out in January twenty eighteen and Boss Baby is definitely what came made me come up with my idea and I rewatch the Boss Baby I think with my parents around the time Paddington two comes out and I go you know what I think I have a concept for a very specific type of movie that I call obnoxious core I don't think it's hot trash unlimited to be clear because I listen to this podcast I know what your definition of hot trash is. I think obnoxious core movies are genuinely good movies. It's just that they purposely partake in an element or multiple elements that make them very annoying, but they kind of revel in how annoying and obnoxious they can be. And in that regard, I really enjoy them. They, they generally commit to the bit. That's really it too. It's like they have to commit to the bit and be sincere about it. They can't be like winking at me like, oh, this is so stupid. No, they have to be like, no, this obnoxious thing is cool and you're gonna like it. And then they, I guess they kind of just drown you in the obnoxiousness of it to the point where you're like, oh, I guess I do kind of like it. Kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. Uh, and The Boss Baby is the first movie I saw. Well, not the first movie I saw. We're going to, I made Caleb watch the first movie I saw that qualified for this. But The Boss Baby is what really put this idea together. Because I remember me and a friend, Dan Hydorn, who I don't know. If, you were friends. You knew, you knew him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Dan. Yeah, so me and Dan made a joke out of the Boss Baby for months, and then we saw it, and we're like, huh. I mean, it was legitimately, like, very stupid and annoying, but it was it was fun. Like, I, had, I genuinely enjoy watching the Boss Baby. And the key part of Obnoxious Core that's very similar to Hot Trash is that you have to enjoy watching it. It cannot be so annoying that you're bored during it. 
Yeah, Sorry. and I think that's kind of at the root of both of these is that, like, you derive enjoyment out of something that you're not supposed to. Yes. So, fun fact, I don't think actually Kittle knows this. I am not caught up on Hot Trash Unlimited. I listened, I've been, like, binging the old episodes, but I've been saving them a bit. So, I believe I am up to, it was, like, I think your first one of 2020. It wasn't Cats. It was whatever the one after Cats. Spies in Disguise? Yes, I just listened to Spies in Disguise. It was actually pretty funny because you guys are like, oh, this blue sky, they're really awful, and now they're closed because of tax fraud. Uh, but that's a side. I didn't know that's why they closed. See, yeah, yeah. I think it's really funny because everyone blew up at them because they're like, Disney must have cl- closed this down because their next movie is going to have an LGBT protagonist and there's only seven months left to go and how dare they fire them during a pandemic. But what actually broke quieter and quiet news is that they put their films for tax credits that were meant only for live action films. So they got extra tax credits on their films. So That's I think hilarious. Disney shut them down because they did not want to deal with that. I actually think Spies in the Skies is pretty close to Obnoxious Core 2. I would have to rewatch it because I remember I saw it with a headache. So whenever I watch a movie with a headache, it generally just annoys me. You know what I mean? I think the level of homage it's trying to do is definitely obnoxious and stuff. But then it it it... It just has elements of trying to be serious about like geopolitics and also like... Uh, pacifism and stuff that I think maybe would stop it from being obnoxious core. Well, my my response there would be the main movie that I make the, the movie I make Caleb watch for this is Cars Two, and Cars Two has a lot of weird commentary in it. But to me, it's just I'd have to watch Spies in the Skies again. But because to, to me, in Cars Two, it's just white noise. It literally just feels like they're throwing stuff to see what sticks. That that works for obnoxious core because you can tell they really don't care about it. I'd have to rewatch Spies in the Skies. Uh, it feels it feels more overt in Spies in Disguise, but also, I'll be honest, I don't remember it. Um, I, I do kind of want to go through some of these movies that I've seen since then that you haven't listened to the episodes on, and just some of them see if they qualify. So, like, what about Doolittle? Doolittle's just bad. Uh, okay. Uh, the thing is, it has to be entertaining. Doolittle is a movie, I got a headache during it. But that's the key, is I watched Spies in the Skies with a headache already. Doolittle gave me a headache. It has points where I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm laughing at him, like, doing a colonoscopy on a dragon because it's so utterly ludicrous that I'm watching it. But it takes you so long to get there. Yeah, and it's, these movies have, like, besides what I'm saying about the movie, they have craft to them. I think Doolittle yeah. does not actually have a lot of craft to it. Cars 2 has gorgeous animation, really well done action scenes. And has genuinely funny moments to me mixed in with all the obnoxious stuff. Uh, same with Boss Baby. Uh, in, I keep saying anime movies, but like Bad Boys 2, I would say, qualifies as an obnoxious core movie. And that is a very like technically well-done Michael Bay movie. The Prom. Another, that's probably the most recent one I could think of. And maybe it cuts a bit too much for a musical, but otherwise I think The Prom is very technically adept. Like, it works. Here's one which I'm not sure if you've seen, but... It's live action. It's for adults. It's unhinged. This is the thing that I actually brought up on my podcast is I think it's hard. It's very hard for me to come up with live action movies because to me, a lot of it needs to be sincere. I think if you I, I, I should have sent you the list before. If you look at the list of movies I have for Obnoxious Core, I think it's hard to make a cynical Obnoxious Core movie. I think even Bad Boys 2, which is very cynical in its like messaging, it still has the core relationship of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, which isn't that cynical. It's just two bros. I think Unhinged is too cruel to its characters to be obnoxious score. It's a very cruel world. 
Yeah, and I don't think that... I mean, Bad Boys 2 is a very cruel one, too. But the difference is it has Martin Lawrence go, why are these rats... Why are these rats having sex, right? <laughs> like, it's very weird. It's gross, but it's still like... We have Martin Lawrence and Will Smith being like, this is ridiculous. So I think this one is hit out of the park, obnoxious core. And you may have even mentioned this one to me. Sonic the Hedgehog. So Sonic is very close to me. To compare, I think Peter Rabbit is definitely obnoxious core. Sonic is iffy because the thing about Sonic is is that Sonic as a character is intended to be obnoxious. So it's hard to label his movie as obnoxious core because in my opinion, obnoxious core is also something you don't purposely try to do. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a good point. And I think Ben Schwartz and Jim Carrey are both legitimately giving it all they can in that. I think Sonic in that movie is good. He's not obnoxious. He's an obnoxious character because that's what Sonic is. But the thing that comes close to Obnoxious Core in Sonic, to me, is the product placement and, like, the weird James Martin subplots that don't have to do with Sonic or Eggman. But I think the core of the film and the climax and, like, the fact that it's built on, like, a character arc that makes sense. Because I, like, to not jump ahead, I think Cars 2's uh, messaging is complete nonsense. And that's part of the reason it's Obnoxious Core. Sonic is just You're about not wrong. how... <laughs> yeah sonic is just a like he's a lonely guy who finds a family like it's cliche but it plays it all straight i think sonic is a, a very common trend of obnoxious core is it's a kid's film that i would say succeeds for kids but not for adults and I, I guess sonic qualifies in that sense but i think i think there's a bit too much craft basically is my point i, I do think it's really close though now you've said that one film we've watched has qualified which one is that cats Cats definitely okay, qualifies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where is uh where's the craft in cats? Is it just in the fact that like the music's decent? I think cats has a lot of craft to it. I think the performances are very good in the second half. And particularly I would say there's a stretch in cats that is legitimately good. It's a stretch from Ian McKellen's song to the ending besides the Judy Dunn staring at the camera scene. I think everything from there. Well, okay, maybe not the fight on the boat. The fight on the boat's pretty bad. But, like, it goes from Gus, then it does the Railway Cat, then it does the Taylor Swift song, and then does Mr. Mistopheles. That's a pretty solid run. I might be forgetting one in there. And then it goes to the Memory Reprise, which is also pretty good. I'd say the best part comes either right before or right after Skimble Shanks. It's this just big dance number. Actually, <laughs> that's that's right before Gus. Because I actually remember thinking okay, yeah. that was the moment where I was like, this still sucks. And then Ian McKellen starts singing like, oh, I'm actually into this. But different, See, different I don't opinions, like right? It's, it's almost impossible to understand what he's saying. But you can tell Ian McKellen is like legitimately giving him like the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> and that's why it's so like endearing. It's true. It's true. Although I've never, I've never seen him phone in a performance. So I think that's that true. loses some of its luster. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, I think... The lead, the two leading men of cats are consistently very good in it. Uh, and the woman's good too. She just has nothing to do. You mean the character they created for the movie has yeah. nothing to do? I think the obnoxious elements of cats are incredibly obvious. If I listed the obnoxious elements of cats, we'd be here all day. I think that's also important about cats is, is that the ending brings it back to being very obnoxious with Judy Dench sinking to the camera well, yeah, for an ungodly amount of time. The like initial stuff is very front loaded because yes. like. Right off the bat, you get um, the old Gumby cat. You get uh, Bustopher Jones. Some might say Rum Tum Tugger, but I think that song's a bop. It is um, a bop, but there are elements of the number that are very obnoxious. Oh, or, like him screaming milk? Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's definitely what I think. 
Yeah, there's. I think there's another one in there too that's really like awful. But obviously, yeah, Jenny Annie Dots and Buster Jones are the two main ones. James Corden is actually the king of obnoxious core. He's been in. Th- he's been like the leading character of th- two obnoxious core movies. Then he's in Cats, obviously. And the two he's been leading men in is Peter Rabbit and The Prom, which is actually pretty impressive if you think about it, because everyone's like, James Corden's an awful actor, and he's very clearly one of the most obnoxious parts of these movies. But I still think they're good movies. Like, I, I will go to bat for all these movies as, yeah, I really enjoyed them. But they all come with the caveat that I have to like be like, for like The Prom, for example, I'm not going to recommend The Prom to anyone be, who doesn't like musicals, right? Now you're making me wonder if the two episodes of Doctor Who that have James Corbin in them, if they're obnoxious core uh i would say the one i've seen isn't sorry i also don't, I don't know the which woods. one that is uh, it's Wait, the one where it... like the doctor plays soccer I, it's uh, I don't it's been know. so long since i've watched it i think that's the second one but i'm not positive i will say into the woods doesn't actually qualify into the woods is just average there's nothing yeah. really obnoxious about it so let's get into the film you had me watch as an example and maybe flush out a few more of these specifics okay uh, so we watched cars 2 Love it. It was my third time watching it. I will say it's not a movie to watch often, though. (laughs) You are not the only person I knew in film school who thought it was really good. Okay, okay. It's a great obnoxious court movie. As a movie, I'd say it's about a B. Like, that, if I had to give it a grade, it'd be a B. But people talk like it's the worst film ever, and I'm like, nah, it's good. It is on par for me with Cards 3. They, they do different things wrong. And honestly, if you were going to force me to sit down and rewatch one, I might pick Cars 2. But I think that they're largely the same. And I, I'd put Finding Dory and Good Dinosaur beneath them if we're ranking Pixar movies. Well, I, I like Finding Dory more than you. I would put a solid amount of Pixar movies under this, though. Now I got to look. Sorry. I would put Good Dinosaur under it, though. Definitely. I'd put Cars 3. I think Cars 3 is the worst. Yeah. Like, might be like the worst Pixar movie, period. What about uh, Monsters U? I know you're not. Oh, crazy no, about yeah, that yeah. One. Monsters U is under this. Even though Monsters U, I will always go to bat for its third act. It's a good third act. Yeah. So, Cars 2. I'd put the first Cars under it. I'd put A Bug's Life under it. I would put Brave under it and Cars 3 under it. So, I still think like a vast majority of Pixar movies are better than Cars 2. Oh, uh, no. I remember walking out of the theater of Coco and you're like, that's pretty good. But, Caleb, have you seen Cars 2? Yeah, yeah. Through my tears. That's what I said. There was no Cars 2. <laughs> my, my, my counter on you would be on you saying there's equal issues. One, I don't think there's equal issues. But even if I did, I'd say the issues in Cars 2 are so much more entertaining than the issues in Cars 3. That's true. And, like, I had a pretty decent time seeing Cars 3 in theaters. Partially because I'm like, oh, this is kind of nostalgic. And partially because I was with kids who were enjoying it. So I had, like, vicarious enjoyment. I feel like if I went back, it might drop under. But I'm never going to go back and rewatch Cars 3. Or Cars 2, probably. What a shame. Cars 2 gets better... Every time I watch it, but again, don't recommend rewatching it often. <laughs> I think the last time I saw this was when Cars 3 came out. I watched it before Cars 3, and then before that, it was when it was in theaters. So it's been about four years since I've seen Cars 2. Before that, I thought it was bad. Like, before I rewatched it for Cars 3, I thought it was bad. For those of you who have not seen Cars 2, I'm not going to go too far into the synopsis. All you need to know is that Mater becomes a spy. That's great. Um, <laughs> it is obviously such a bad idea to follow up the last movie with this premise, but it goes full into it. 
And, oh, there's so much I could... Do you want me to break down the specific reasons I figured? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. first, before we even go into Spies, it completely disregards the rules of the first movie, which is why this is the best Cars movie. It completely doesn't care about the rules of the world. One of the first things we see anyone do in the movie that isn't, like, a spy, because it opens with, like, a cold open of the spy cars, is we see a bunch of cars drinking martinis at a bar. And it's like, the first movie clearly establishes that they only drink oil, or, you know, like fuel up they don't eat but that's the first thing we see and then later on we get a scene where we see mater lick wasabi <laughs> and it's really gross it's like this car should not have a tongue <laughs> so so it completely throws out the rules right but then it also adds stuff where it's like this is where like all the cars memes really come from where it's like wait so there's a car pope so that means there was a car jesus stuff like that it comes from this movie it doesn't come from everywhere, anywhere else in this franchise. Those fun jokes come from this. It has a weird, like, some really weird gags, like, Mater running to someone who has eyes where his headlight th- is. Like, I love that part. That part was maybe the best joke in the movie. It's a great gag. It's a, it's a pretty great gag, yeah. Um, but then it's also, like, it's so obvious it's a bad idea to focus it on Mater. Because the message of the movie makes no sense when your main character's Mater. Because it's like, let your friends accept you. But Mater, like, actively hurts Lightning McQueen's career multiple times in this movie. It's not a misunderstanding. He does make an embarrassment of Lightning McQueen. And then he's like, but I was just trying to help. Kids, if you're trying to help, but you still mess up, your friends need to accept you for who you are as, like, you know what I'm, like, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, I, Yeah, no, I think this is a problem with a lot of kids' movies where they're just like, just be yourself. And I'm like, okay, okay, but... But the thing, the key, the key of Cars 2 is, is this is a Pixar movie. And this is the first Pixar movie that was considered disappointing. Besides Cars 1, which wasn't, like, disappointing. It was just like, oh, that was okay. That was good. It just wasn't great, you know, up the Pixar. Like, that was the discourse. Cars 2 comes out, and this movie is given, like, the same production value that, like, every Pixar movie is up to this point. And the message is so non-nuanced. And it's like, hey, kids... Don't worry about learning. It's better to just be yourself and be stupid. Like, that, that's yeah, the message of the movie. Don't grow or evolve. <laughs> and then, best of all, at the end, Mater gets a girlfriend for it, too. Like, he is literally given... Like, that's what I mean. It's like, the message is horrible. And then it adds some justification at the end of him just getting a girlfriend. The world rewards it to him. And then the climax. Oh, my gosh. The third act of this movie. One of the funniest third act... I, I think it's one of Pixar's funniest third acts. The plots collide and you suddenly realize, yeah, this movie was a horrible idea. None of this makes any sense. This is a movie at war with itself. So you have the Lightning McQueen is basically going around the world doing like a Grand Prix. You have the spies and then you have Mater. Now Mater's supposed to time with the spies, but like... (laughs) He's he's, he's so obviously like talking to them and like saying, oh, I'm just the tow truck and they just keep ignoring him. And like, that's the thing. Mater is not the idiot. Mater makes people the idiot. But also, like, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Cars spy movie is kind of fun. Yeah, it is. When Mater is not involved, in those few moments where Mater is not involved, or his involvement is just kind of tangential, it's really entertaining. And then it's also like, it's hyper violent too, which is super weird. It's like it is troping off a of bond so hard in a lot of the same ways that spies in disguise was but like 
But Spies in Disguise, like, always tries to, like, back off its violence because it's for kids. This doesn't. Now, they can do that because it's cars. <laughs> you can show a car blow up, and it's different. But still, they show a car get compacted in this movie. And now I'm gushing. I'm like, this movie is so... Like, again, I don't think it's a great movie, but if I'm stuck in a room and people are like, you have to watch one of these very cliche bad movies, I'm like, well, Cars 2 is good, so I picked Cars 2. Actually, this epiphany this time is that it feels like kids have their car toys that they got from the first movie and they're like, oh, I want to go on a spy adventure with them. So you just make up this crazy spy adventure that has random conspiracy theories involving alternate fuel. <laughs> Can and I, a bizarre classism element I, in it too. And it just goes it just goes all out. But then so also Lightning McQueen has to have his races. Like it's just so what are you saying? Sorry. So I'm gonna push you on this. Try to try to chip away at you in a minute. But first okay. I just wanna say about the women's so the bad the bad cars in this are all like cars that are just made poorly. But then they talk about how cars are manufactured in this, and I'm like, wait, who's making the cars? Are the cars making the cars? Who has the power of God in this universe exactly, besides the like, Mobile the car? The first movie has all this, but this movie really like puts it into perspective because it's like there's a whole classism about who has to keep getting repaired. Uh, who and... is making poorly made cars? What yeah. cruel cars? Yeah, <laughs> cars can't pick who they are, and they can't change who they are because we see that one of the lemons. Spoiler alert. The main lemon in this movie is the bad guy, and he's a billionaire who's, like, showing himself off as rich, but it doesn't work. His engine still sucks. He can't get his whole engine replaced. Like, he's just inherently a bad car. (laughs) Do you think the Pope-mobile is a lemon? Because we see the Pope-mobile inside (laughs) another Pope-mobile. Maybe he can't drive around. Maybe he's one of the lemons. That's a good How high does this go? (laughs) Yeah, and this, uh, so a few years ago, I watched all the Mater movies on Netflix because they had them all on. I was like, well... I could log on to Letterboxd. That'd be fun to have out of the way. So I did that. And my most liked one, I think, is the one where Mater becomes an ambulance. No, no. He becomes a doctor. In it, Lightning McQueen goes into an ambulance. And my review was, can we talk about how the ambulance ate Lightning McQueen? And I just constantly thought about that in this movie when they go inside boats and they go inside planes. It's really, it's crazy to me because there's like an interior of the plane that, like, there's an interior set to the plane. But we see the plane talk to them often. And then also, during the chase where they try to get to the plane, what's-his-face, Finn McMissile, like, launches a drone that, like, moves around to the bad guys. Does he live inside McMissile? Does he have his own, like, little area that he lives in? So, one of the cars is being threatened by the villains, and they're like, we're gonna blow your engine block. And he's like, I can always get a new engine block. I'm like, wait, wait. Where does the soul of the cars reside? <laughs> is it in the engine? Because, like, I can't just be like, guess what? It doesn't matter if you shoot me in the brain. I'll just get a new brain. See, yeah, because what I thought was, I, I think I had remembered, like, word of God was, it was an argument about the headlight thing. It's like, no, the soul of a car belongs in the eyes and the windshield. Kind of means there's no blind people in the world of cars, which is kind of weird in and of itself. But moreover, what about the headlights guy? What does that mean? <laughs> Maybe it's in the, like the the spark plugs because that's what, it's spark. It's the spark of life. It's true, yeah. The spark that, yeah. would be the most logical answer we have left. 
<laughs> logic and cars you know i know crazy here's what i'm gonna ask you you, you mentioned you mentioned it's kind of like kids smashing things together and would you say there's usually kind of at least to these ones that are kids movies like kind of an element of play well okay so here's the thing i said that they're they were mostly kids but that's just the initial ones once i added more to the list i'd say the only ones that were kids that weren't on my initial list are peter rabbit and then three that are kind of arguably like trying to be kids movies but they're too adult to be kids movies and those are pixels pan and teenage mutant ninja turtles the uh 2014 one and i will say i'm not as married to those three because i haven't seen them since 2015 but i have a feeling that judging how i remember i like them to a decent degree i was like i like these but they're bad so i think they do qualify for obnoxious score i'm not gonna go to bat that much for them but i do think there's an element of play for the other ones i'm more concrete on so like, I think one of the best animated movies, also just kind of one of the best movies of the last decade, was Lego Movie. Yes. And that is, that's of course, explicitly a kid playing with it. But what would you say to someone who is, like, just so annoyed by Obnoxious Core that they're like, but these movies don't need to be obnoxious. They can just be, you know, be intelligent and stuff well, like that. How would you make cars too intelligent? Like, that, that, that's my response. <laughs> is there a way to make cars too intelligent? Because it's trying to be intelligent. It's talking about fossil fuels and, like, new alternatives. It's got a conspiracy theory plot. In theory, the spy stuff is some of the most mature stuff Pixar's put out. Like, it doesn't shy away from the darkness at all. But I don't think there's any way you can make cars too good. Even if you, like, said, oh, well, we're going to make Lightning McQueen be the person who interacts with the spies. No, because it, the world i guess you could just make a spy movie with cars and call it like something a car story you know and maybe maybe you could make a good cars movie off cars too off of that but even then i would say most people's response to it would be like why didn't pixar just make a spy movie you know like they'd be like why does this have to be a cars movie so two more quick questions before we give up like final thoughts uh spy kids 2 is spy kids 2 an obnoxious core movie i think I would need to rewatch all the Spy Kids movies to see if they qualify. I would say, though, probably the closest is Game Over. One and two have legitimately, like, the actors are trying, and the third one has Sylvester Stallone getting a paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, that's the key difference there. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like, I do feel like you can find that sincerity most in Cars 2, or in Spy Kids 2. Um, I think the first one has I, sincerity too, yeah. if I remember right. But it's also been it's been years. The first one has sincerity. Spy Kids two just ramps up everything that's bizarre about the Spy Kids franchise. That's my favorite one from the from that franchise. Yeah, I should uh, revisit the first three. I don't need the reboot, but I should revisit the first three. So, would you say the biggest difference between a hot trash movie and an obnoxious core movie? You're still acknowledging the craft and the sincerity. You're just shifting the priorities away from like i guess like uh pleasantness where like you can embrace something that's annoying because i feel like that's what a lot of this is rooted in the biggest complaint i hear about the cars franchises is just it's cars how dumb is that it's just cars that's stupid and so would you say it's like more just shifting we're hot trash i think it's you're embracing those faults i would say that's the key difference yeah i'd say obnoxious core is kind of, i said it before it's like stockholm syndrome in a way i don't think you start liking an obnoxious core movie even cars 2 which has a good cold open the cold open might be good but then you cut to mater and it's like this sucks this sucks and then eventually i think it's when mater gets on the plane with the spies you're like okay now i'm kind of vibing with it you know and then like they taser the guy after they meet the headlights guy and they're like that's my informant which is utterly ludicrous 
I, I, can, I, can I say one more thing about Cars 2 that I really didn't go into depth on? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So the third act, I, I mentioned it briefly, it's like one of the funniest third acts. And the moment to me that just made me laugh hysterically this time is, well, the one, the thing that always stands out to me is the, you're the bomb mater. I've talked about that a ton. I think about that scene a lot. Uh, but it's later on when they capture the scientist and they go like, you gotta just, you gotta, you gotta deactivate the bomb. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then it goes down another minute. It's like, it didn't work. And then he says something like, I guess you're all gonna die. And it's just, and it like, it shows like Luigi then trying to pull the bomb off. Luigi is like the most kid-friendly Cars character. And here he is trying to remove a bomb off of Mater that's gonna go off in two minutes. And it's just so like, what? Like, did no one see why this is weird? I love oh. it. I love it. And I want to say this at some point, so I'll just say it out really quick, is that my go-to pitch that I always say I want to pitch to Pixar is I want a Cars 2 2. You cannot title it Cars 4. It needs to be titled Cars 2 2. Do you have a pitch for it? I don't know. I think I would include Cars 3 as canon because my biggest anger about Cars 3, I've said this before and other, other people, is people had hyped up a post credit scene in Cars 3 for me, and I didn't like Cars 3, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit for the credits, because I heard it involves Mater. So maybe his girlfriend returns from the second movie, and he's like, she's like, oh, sorry, I missed you the entire time. But no, it's just Mater goofing around on Skype, and I was so mad. So What if it's a mid-quel that ta- or a side-quel that takes place during the events of Cars 3 and explains <laughs> Mater's absence from the movie? That'd be great. It'd be like the Lion King one and a half of the Cars franchise, but it'd be great because let's be real here. As I said before, I don't like any Cars movie besides Cars 2. <laughs> one more point that I'll give Cars 2 over Cars 3. It does not have a cannibal in its voice cast. It's true. It's true. But it does have a uh, sexual uh, harasser as a director. Do you have anything, uh, anything to say to wrap this up? Well, one, Cars 2 is a good move. But moreover, <laughs> that, that, that needs to always be on the record, is that Cars 2 is a good movie. Uh, but moreover... I will go as far to say, I think it can qualify for Obnoxious Core if you want. I don't think it necessarily has the story <laughs> structure craft to, but I do think it could qualify for Hot Trash Unlimited. I think if I was watching that with some friends and not spending my the morning of my day off doing it, I That's, think I could have had a great time. I will say, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it way... I li- I say I like it more this time. But I had more fun watching it uh, a couple years ago because my brother walked in halfway through and we just started talking about it while we were watching it. It is a lot more fun to talk during because I do think the Lightning McQueen scenes are really hard to get through. Sorry, I'll stop. Obnoxious Core. We'll get back to Obnoxious Core. Um, I think Obnoxious Core movies are really kind of... um, I think it's more like you get a hot trash movie than an obnoxious core movie obnoxious core movies as i've said i have only a list of 17 of them ever but that's also because older ones are hard to put a nail on because i don't know what the context were at the time of those movies right if i had to guess a movie like the wizard could be obnoxious core you know like the nintendo advertisement the wizard i could see that being obnoxious core like an older obnoxious core movie but i can't really think of other old possibilities because obviously again they've been lost to time i can't think of anything past spy kids too that's the oldest I can give you. Uh, yeah, Bad Boys 2, I think, is the earliest one on my list. So to me, when I get a new Obnoxious Core movie, I get really excited. I'm not usually expecting it. Like, when I was watching Venom and I saw the trailer for Venom, I'm like, this looks boring. I wasn't expecting to get Tom Hardy, like, eating chicken in a lobster tank. You know what I mean? Like, weird stuff like that. Anyway, Obnoxious Core, 
we don't really come across often. And then when we do, I feel like it's very easy for me, even for me, who like adores the idea of obnoxious core. If you look at my reviews for like the ones from last year, I think it's the prom and Hoobie Halloween. I gave them both like paragraph reviews because they're very easy to just give a three out of five to and be like, yeah, this is bad, but it's good. You know, they need more credit. And I should start giving credit. Good thing I just spoke for 45 minutes here about them. <laughs> I think, I think we've gotten the, uh, the content part out of the way. It's time for the promotion part. Uh, people, you know where you can find me. You can find me here in the only other relevant place, the thing Danny's about to talk about. So, Danny, have at it. We co-host, along with our good friend Sarah Knopf, The Snub Club, which is a show where we talk about the movie that had the most Oscar nominations but no wins every year. We just put out an episode about the first movie musical ever, so go check that out. Uh, I also co-host a weekly MCU podcast, recap podcast, called uh why is with ty and dan and you can find that on spotify uh apple Podcasts, youtube all those places uh and yeah you should check that out if you watch falcon and winter soldier because i'm pretty sure this episode will be coming out like this hot trash unlimited up so we'll be coming out right after the season finale or right before it so best time for you to listen to us right oh and you can follow me on letterboxd at blank Mints where I will definitely put this podcast up with a 3.5 star rating for Cars too. Thank you for coming on, Danny. Uh, You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Genuinely always a blast to uh, talk movies with you. Everyone, please go check out Why Is with Ty and Dan and, of course, The Snub Club. Um, and you can tune back in here next week where me and Joe will be talking about Nobody. Nobody! Nobody!